0: Eat right, sleep right, keep it tight. Today, we talk about all things sleep, along with creating a set of tools that you can continue to allow yourself to improve. We all know that getting sleep is important, but less than eight hours increases the likelihood of injury by 170%.
1: Welcome to Therapists in Motion podcast, brought to you by Spooner Physical Therapy.
2: Welcome back to Therapists in Motion. This is Dan here again hosting. Uh, We are going to go back to recovery, part two. Initially on the recovery podcast with Trent Rincon and Brett Fisher, uh, we had outlined four components that were essential for recovery. Muscle and joint care, breathing mechanics, sleep and utilization of tools in your tool bags, so recovery tools, aids, things like that. Secondary to time, we decided to cut that off, and we are going to pick back up. Um, so again, I am joined by our sleep expert uh, and our recovery expert, Trent Rincone, as well as Jennifer Lee.
1: What's up?
2: Happy to be here again. All right, so as Trent alluded to in our intro, uh, there's a direct correlation between lack of sleep and the probability that you could sustain an injury. So let's kind of dive into that a little bit, uh, as well as other components of sleep deprivation and what that could lead to in our athletes and ourselves.
0: Certainly an interesting discussion because something as easy as sleep seems to be in theory I feel like in this situation, and I know Jen will talk about it too a little bit, the challenges now in this time, this day and age of getting proper sleep uh, has really become uh, forefront, I think, in all of our minds. And it's leading to things that we probably never even thought were going to be considered, but because of the challenges that we're all facing, whether it's our work, our family, uh, the current times. Things are running into our, our sleep challenges. You know, in the United States of America, we are not very good at finding ways to rest and to download and to sit and calm and then be allow ourselves that time to recover. And I mean everybody understands, just like breathing and the importance of air to our bodies, sleep is just as important. It allows us to you know plug in and Recharge, And when you don't get enough, it's like recharging your phone. When you don't get enough on the recharge, you're sitting at 50%. You're going to run into that phone dying. And we all know what that feels like uh, when you start to have that. So uh, I, I think that's where we start to have some of this discussion at. And sleep is starting to take the forefront of all of our discussions when it comes to recovery and sport performance.
1: Absolutely. I like that. The phone dying. Everybody freaks out when their phone dies. Um, I had listened to, I wasn't a part of the last recovery podcast, but listening to them talk about sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system, and how that can actually start to wreak havoc when it's not regulated correctly for me. I mean, that's, that's paramount when we're not going through a pandemic. Now that we're going through a pandemic, you have, I forget the, the, um, ratio that you had said, the stat that you had said, but a lot of people are living in the sympathetic nervous system right one now. In, one in three. One in three. Thank you. Um, one in three people living in the sympathetic nervous system. That is your body in survival mode. And it actually is in more survival mode than it typically is. We usually freak out about things that we shouldn't even freak out about because life should be a little less, quote unquote, primal these days than it was back when we were cavemen and women. Um But nowadays, things are more automatic, and now we have this pandemic come about us, and our lives are actually potentially in harm's way. People are going into these sympathetic responses, and they can't get out of them. So when you're in a sympathetic response, you're not going to sleep as well, and we're going to go into how do you get yourself to sleep as well, what are tips and tricks to be able to sleep better, and then what happens if you are dealing with sleep deprivation. So what are some things that you'll notice if you're not sleeping well?
0: And that runs right into our key points. The the easy one being faster time to exhaustion. Uh, You fatigue quicker, plain and simple. Uh, No matter if it's a workout, if you're actually competing, even though no one's really competing right now, unless you count virtual competition, but (laughs) that can be a personal discussion maybe later. Um, Your perceived exertion. The challenge is, especially in our world as physical therapists, you have people that, when they're in a state of fatigue, their nervous system lives, as Jen said, in that sympathetic state. The perceived feeling of pain is significantly higher. We 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 know that. As you add injuries to those lists, that perception goes higher. It doesn't mean that that pain is not real. It just means that the understanding through the body is going to be increased. Uh, we also look at you know your ability to generate power and how that starts to go down reaction times go down and then you see the short-term memory loss start to become an issue too as well in extreme cases for sure
2: yeah so i think that um you guys have hit on some awesome points and i want to highlight really quick that you know there was a study um put out by you know uh, two gentlemen one from the uh university Laval out of Quebec. And then uh, here, right here in Arizona, university of Arizona, um, Dr. Michael Grandner, and this just came out here in 2020 it's called sleep and athletic performance impacts on physical performance, mental performance, injury, risk and recovery and mental health. And all of the things that are highlight that, that Jen and Trent just spoke of are highlighted in depth in this article. This article is very fascinating. You know, it, it goes back over the stat that we led about with, especially in adolescence that, you know, if you don't get 8.1 hours of sleep, there's a 170% chance of greater likelihood of injury. I think that's, that's staggering for both us as therapists, us in our role of working with youth athletes, but more importantly, just being human beings. And like, you know, when we go and work out, are we putting ourselves at a risk for injury because we aren't getting enough sleep? Yeah. Um, you know, this, this article I can't highlight enough and recommend enough. We will put a link for it in our written blog, you know, in the written uh, component of this pod so that you guys can, can check that out. It just goes through some phenomenal things looking at the NCAA looking at the NFL and sleep apnea and decreased performance and, you know, both inside and outside the classroom, you know, whether you're a professional athlete or you're a student athlete, I think this is just an awesome resource that Dr. Grand, Grander and his colleagues um, did, you know, to highlight the importance of sleep for our athletes, as well as like you guys both alluded to, the, the sleep that's necessary for us to get out of that sympathetic state.
1: Absolutely. Um, I it's one of the questions that I ask a majority of my patients. How is sleep for you? What position do you sleep in? Are you sleeping well? When the 75%-ish, I would say, don't sleep well, my thought process goes to, okay, you're not going to heal as well. We're going to see how you do in therapy. Um, it's going to change a lot about the physiologic response of the body. So what are some tips and tricks that you could give athletes or any patient to help them sleep better if they're not sleeping well
0: this is where this is where it really comes down to because a lot of these tips that we're going to talk about you're going to hear these and be like well yeah duh i I didn't really you know think that was a a big drop or, or a big information thing and the combination of all of these is where it starts to come together i think we sit here and talk about this as as experts so to speak this is my biggest challenge for sure when it comes to all things athletics not saying that i got everything else down but you know we all have our challenges and sleep for me is one of the biggest challenges and so it's become one of the things that i've really started to to dive into it and try and figure out ways to be better at it so you know some of the big things that we're looking at you know is you know number 1 a quiet place a place that's going to have An opportunity to stay in uh, an environment that allows your body and your brain to turn off. You know, you look at room temperature. You can look at, you know, different kinds of bedding. We all know that dark, quiet, and cool, you know, are the single best things for sleep. You know, cool becomes a challenge here in Arizona because, well, obviously, especially right now as things start to heat up, uh, it's not the easiest always to stay cool. Most of us that are conscious of our energy bills are keeping things around 77, 78 you know, degrees Fahrenheit. That isn't 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 quite the ideal <laughs> when it, when it <laughs> comes to sleep sometimes, especially for a lot of us. So it's finding ways that allow us to maybe increase the coolness of that. And there are certainly cool tricks and toys out there that uh, I'm, ex- I'm experimenting with or trying to find ways to, to get that you know, if it's a cool pad underneath your sheets, or certain things that blow cool air into your mattress that allows mm-hmm. that to to stay cool, those are things that are certainly uh, worth looking at. And there's a whole bunch of tech out there coming out that allows you to track your sleep, improve your sleep patterns, improve your brain as it heads into sleep. You know, some of those things are are right there. Uh, do you guys find a certain time limit in sleep being successful?
1: I have always had to get eight hours. If I don't, I don't do well. And I tell my patients seven to eight hours minimum, but I think probably majority of them are hovering around five to six. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think that that's probably exactly right where, you know, some people say, well, if I I get five or seven or nine hours, I'm okay. Versus you hear other people that say, well, if I get four, six or eight, I'm okay. And I, I don't know if that means that they're okay or if they just don't realize the effect that it has exactly. on their performance. And yep. that like, like trying alluded to that performance could be in their family life. That performance could be in their work life. That performance could be in their desire to um, take a test or do athletic performance. Right. right? Um, so I think we have to be mindful of all of those things. And the research is fairly resounding that eight hours plus is necessary. Um, I think in today's world, uh, whether you, you know, a lot of my patients are working more than mm-hmm. they would have normally because of the current situation They're They're at home. They're not traveling. Therefore they can have back to back to back meetings because they're not on the road driving right. to a different office or flying on an airplane. Right. Yep. So they're, they potentially may be more connected to a device than they were previously. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think the evidence is fairly resounding on that component that, you really need to shut your device off, what, at least 30 minutes before you plan to go to bed. Yes. Especially if you're on a social media site. Yep. So that you can start to get out of that sympathetic state. Yeah. Um, as well as adjust to a different lighting. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think we talked a little bit in our show prep about potentially, you know, blue light glasses or yeah. goggles to, you know, put over your eyes. And again, there's lots of different theories out there. It's it's not Mm -hmm. our time or place to highlight any one product or or Mm -hmm. bash any one product, but definitely things that could be there to help patients, us athletes prepare their bodies to go to sleep, just like they prepare their bodies for athletic performance.
0: Which for me, I I appreciate that we're starting to see more tech come into this environment, whether it's evidence-based or not. uh, I think there's value in, in some of the anecdotal theories, you know, just because it it doesn't have the research back behind it doesn't mean that it works yet. Us as physical therapists can speak to that uh, pretty, pretty uh, successfully. You know, the blue light glasses and the chances to decrease the amount of input that we get through the light, we're starting to see a lot of good evidence that if you can allow that not to be the case, that's going to allow your brain a better environment to return to a state of, of sleep and to yes. heal um, you know as one that wears those pretty much every single night as soon as the, the sun goes down, if I'm at home, those things go on whether it's if I'm still on the computer if I happen to be on the phone every once in a while or if it's just you know watching the TV momentarily or something like that, uh, those things go on and I notice a difference. Uh, how do I equate that objectively? I don't know. Hopefully, someone <laughs> smarter than me can can figure that out, and I, I have no doubt that they are. Um, but I think the the keys are, is, like you said, Dan, is reducing the use of computer, of TV. You know that thirty minute window of letting that go, and finding you know that hard and fast go to bed time. You know, starting to set a routine. We find, and I'm sure that article speaks to it quite a bit on the success of routine when it comes to sleep. Uh, not only in your environment, but in your your schedule too as well. Uh,
1: how do you guys feel about naps? love them I'm pro nap.
2: Yeah, I don't remember in the article here if Dr. Grander spoke to to naps, but some of the reading that I've done outside says you know naps can be beneficial for some, especially if it means that, it allows you to have a refresher to focus mm-hmm. on the second part of your day. I think if we look at other parts of the world, um, the, the, the aspect of like a siesta and then they return to work in the middle I of thought. the afternoon. Yeah. I think we, we see a different level of focus, maybe more calmness in those individuals because they've had a chance to deregulate, um, yeah. And, and calm their nervous system. And I see that a nap is the same type of thing. You know, I see it with my kids you know, <laughs> yeah. where, you know, your kids start to struggle and they take a 15 minute nap and all of a sudden, boom, they're rip roaring and ready to go again. Now, obviously with, you know, depending on the age of your child, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want you to nap too late or you're never going to go to bed. Mm-hmm. But I think that if we look at our children and the effect that a nap has on a child can nap, nap have the same effect on us as adults and yeah. for our athletes?
1: Absolutely. I've heard, um, I think it's LeBron and Roger Federer both sleep about 12 hours at night. I don't know about naps, but that's a lot of sleep. And it's correlated to extremely high athletic performance. So it shows you right there the importance of sleep. Um, I don't know, do you know the stats on how long is too long for a nap?
0: Over 30 minutes is whats what, is what uh-huh. I've started to, to see. And there's obviously variables and all of that. I think, like you mentioned too, with you know some of the professional athletes, that is what makes them different than us, weekend warrior, uh, other people that okay. are trying to compete, is that they emphasize the recovery component better than everybody else. And whether that includes naps or just downtime where you're not – engaged in something that is causing your uptick of the sympathetic nervous system, yep. it's what differs them from, from you and I. We're at a job for 6, 8, 10 hours on a day. That's not recovery. Just because you're awake um, and you're not moving like you want to, you're still at a computer. You're still getting yeah. stressed. You're still getting challenged. You know, Our jobs, we're not sitting down very often. We're up and moving. We're obviously not resting and recovering. Uh, it's what differs the professional athlete. When you're getting paid... To be a performing athlete, they recover better because they rest better than everybody else. It's not because of they got some special workout; uh, they have some special way of going about doing things. Yeah, they're super strong. Yeah, they're super mm-hmm. fast,
2: super powerful. But they
0: recover better, and they yes. emphasize that better.
2: Yeah, and I think you hit a huge point there because you know it, it even spoke to this in that in that article that I referenced earlier about the athlete and when they travel, and when they travel and they're in a different environment their routine is potentially even more important to help downregulate and prepare their body to sleep as compared to, um, you know, when they're at home, they've, they've got the routine. They, they may have, you know, the adequate mattress that fits them and their preferences with, you know, like Trent said, potentially a cooling agent, especially here in Arizona. What, you know, again, there's lots of different products out there and they're coming out, more and more every single day. It seems like if one wants to sponsor us, they can. Yeah, exactly. You know, let us know, like Bedjet or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that helping prepare our athletes as well as our individuals that travel for work. You know, I mean, again, the, the evidence is resounding that it affects mental performance and memory and recall. So even those individuals that are traveling for work, I think helping educate them on sleep. Is a crucial component. I know in here, you know, that talks about an outcome tool called, I believe it's called the Athlete Sleep Behavioral Questionnaire. And my hunch is that questionnaire would also help all of our patients, not just our athletes. No doubt. I think you're 100% right. We emphasize athletes
0: in this discussion only because that's where it starts. But at some point, and in our philosophy with you know PT in motion, we're looking at everybody as some sort of some sort of athlete. Mm-hmm. You move, you're an athlete. Well, hey, we happen to be human. That puts us all in that category. Uh, so emphasizing sleep as a big component uh, of what we're trying to improve on, no matter what your activity level is, especially in our world where we're trying to recover from an injury. It's the recovery process, not so much what you come in and I make you do and torture you through in moving you or making you do exercises or all the manual hands-on work. It's how you recover that makes the actual gains. It's not the breakdown of that we're putting you through that actually makes that happen. So as we see, you know, that that sleep component – being, you know, one of those super important pillars that come into play. We emphasize strength, conditioning, power, speed, endurance. You know, those seem to be the catch-all be-alls. Uh, those are really, you know, the easy ones. I feel like when it comes to those things, uh, nutrition, hydration, sleep, those are the ones that we don't necessarily emphasize because What's the big deal? It's just sleep. Uh, those that do it better will tell you it's just as important, if not more important, in what we're trying to do.
1: Oh, that's so true. It's just sleep. I hear that. Like, I feel like it's very easy, especially in our culture, to – if I'm going to give up something because of my crunch time schedule, it's going to be my sleep. Um, and that's sad because if you actually prioritize your sleep, you prioritize yourself – the quality at which you work is better, and you can actually get more done in less time. So it's a little bit of a paradox, a little bit of shift there, but just a heads up, always prioritize yourself in your sleep.
0: The challenge we're seeing, right, especially this day, this mm-hmm. age right now, and like you mentioned earlier, the anxiety levels being higher, you know, a little tout or, or feather in the cap to our mental uh, health professionals, sleep is something that they are talking about and encouraging on every single end and the challenge is that people are struggling with sleep so then you're now having the recovery challenges and the mental health challenges that vicious cycle starts to take place and you're not getting the ability to to function like you want to Uh, so hopefully i mean there are mental health professionals that treat this as as a big time issue and so if that's something that you need to look down it may not be as simple as closing your eyes and falling asleep that just may not work. And then definitely, I know we would want to encourage people to seek some of those professionals out if that's capable for you. Yeah, I think
2: that that's a huge component just to highlight right there again is our role you know, in primary musculoskeletal care that asking those screening questions related to sleep and knowing that poor sleep can lead to mental health issues. And by asking those questions, it doesn't mean that that person is going to get, have a mental health issue you know, condition develop because you asked a question. No, it's our role to ensure that if we see something or we hear something that doesn't pass the proverbial sniff test, mm-hmm. to at least bring it up and ask them because, you know, the studies are resounding again yeah. that sometimes it only takes one person to intervene to make a drastic difference in a person's life. And I think, again, you highlighting the mental health um, experts and and healthcare professionals is somebody that you need to know in your community as a physical therapist, treating not only athletes but anybody, you need to know who your go-to mental health professionals are in your area.
1: Absolutely. And what you said goes both ways. Like sleep can be a cause or an effect with mental illness. You have mental illness that can negatively affect your sleep. If you're not sleeping well, that can actually lead to depression. So it, it's both, um, it's both and, which I find most of the time in life, yep. both and. Very much of <laughs> catch
2: twenty-two. Yes. So let's make a little transition now to the fourth component of recovery, which is you know kind of the 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 tech that you have in your tool bag, and let's just kind of again you know I mean unfortunately I think it, it, during this part we're gonna name drop brands. And I, I don't want to say that, you know, we're, we're stating that one is better than the other. It may just be what we are comfortable with. Yep. Um, and that we may guide patients towards because we are comfortable with, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other products that out there that are, that do the same thing, um, that have the same effect on the body, whether it's evidence-based or not. Um, there's a lot of difficult ways to measure some of these tools and tool you know, the tech out there. Uh, So let's just kind of talk about some of the things that are out there that we've utilized in our clinics or we've um, utilized ourselves in our recovery.
0: So I think with that, Dan, I think the idea that we are talking about this is that we are trying to empower people to take ownership of their own body. Yeah, recovery, yes, performance, but how do you take ownership Our world is changing, our physical therapy world, our insurance world, uh, our performance world is changing. The more ownership that you have on your body's performance, which is what this is really about, especially in creating this backpack or tool bag of toys that allows you to perform better, recover better, it's gonna be somewhat individualized. And so as we give you some ideas about this, it's it's all about taking ownership of your own system and not necessarily, and this is bad business for us, not necessarily needing us
2: mm-hmm.
0: to to do this. Believe me, you're still going to get hurt. We're still going to be here when you need us, but we're trying <laughs> to keep you out of our office, and this is a big part of that. And so if we can minimize the need for us, hey, everyone wins. Beautifully said, sir.
2: Yeah, I think I think that ownership. You, you highlighted it again. You know, in in the first pod, you you talked about that when we are talking about muscles and joints, right? And that ownership that you may only be with us for three to nine hours a week, and there's way more hours in a week than that, right? And so having an individualized thing, and I'll also say working with your physical therapist to determine based on you and your body structure and where your area of injury is, these three, four, five tools may be best for you as opposed to just going to the store or going to amazon.com and ordering 25 different things. And of those 25 different things,
1: one worked, (laughs) two worked, (laughs) right? So Uh, when we were um, prepping for this, you guys got into a really good discussion of the quality versus quantity specific to the use of this first one that we're going to talk about. And I'm excited to ask y'all about it and see what your thoughts are. What about foam rolling? How much? How often? What's your thought? Controversial,
0: <laughs> I guess, in, in some capacities. Certainly was a hot topic, and still is. Yep. Uh, you, you walk out to our, our PT clinic outside here, and you're going to find you know 10 foam rollers of all different kinds out there to use, to utilize. Uh, it's not something that I want to sit and poo poo on so to speak and say this is something that we don't want to want to promote there's a place for everything Yeah. i uh, you know i think i think both dan and i and and jen to you as well we're talking about everything in moderation yep. in, in some capacity i'm a huge fan and even when we talked about in the first podcast of the two minute rule you know find two or three body parts a day make them different every time maybe emphasize the body parts that you're using for the exercise component and when you're done you know, grab those spots and there's your foam roll if that's your tool of, uh, or weaponry, so to speak, of recovery. And you might choose to do your quad, your glute, and your shoulder and spend two minutes, find a timer. Everyone's got a watch, everyone's got your phone that's not charging yeah. uh, that you can, you know, set and, and do some some work in that area. But the inverse, the 10 minute, the 15 minute, the 30 minute foam roller, those are the people that end up in our office.
2: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I think that, again, it's what we've we've talked about previously about the moderation, what we've talked about on Google PT series, that there is a time and a place for everything. It just might be, you know, this is more appropriate today than it was yesterday, but tomorrow could be completely different, right? And so I think the two-minute approach, 30 seconds in a body part region, um, I'm not a big fan of going over bony prominences like – the greater trochanter, or um, you know the the fibular head, I think that those are going to hurt no matter how much you foam roll every single day. Even if you do thirty seconds every day, I think that those are going to hurt regardless. I thought Which, it was no pain, no gain. Yeah, uh, uh, that's not one of those that I'm going to want to bear through on a regular basis. Well said. Uh, yes. So I, I think that you know you, you read a book like TV 12 and he kind of talks about his Tom Brady's approach. Of, of his method for recovery and preparation. And you can use whether it's a vibration tool or a foam roller or a vibrating foam roller and get two birds with one stone, you know, 30 seconds, a couple regions on each side of your body. Like Trent said for, a, you know, two to three minutes every single day is a great approach to a foam roller.
1: I would agree. Great. Um, I've actually had friends say, oh, I have to do my foam roll. If I don't do my foam roll, I'm in trouble and I have to really get in there and I'm just on it. And if I don't do it. In my mind, that's a complete marker for you. Probably need therapy. There's probably something else going on. You shouldn't have to completely rely on five, ten minutes or you're talking about of doing a foam roll all the time, other or, or else you're going to pay for this. Um, so yeah, thanks for your opinions on that. What else do you guys like to use? I mean,
0: t- take your pick. You can, you can throw lacrosse balls in that same, uh, environment with a foam roll the nice thing with the lacrosse ball is that it's the size of a lacrosse ball and therefore yeah. it fits in most things uh, for me travel is important because you're not probably spending time from your home and going to do your activity you're probably going somewhere else and so throwing a lacrosse ball or two or the peanut lacrosse ball that basically two is stuck together uh, really travel quite well so uh, I'm almost a preference of those uh, I, My favorite foam roll is that Hyperice uh, Vibrating Foam Roll. Mm -hmm. That thing goes almost anywhere I go. One, because it's a funny topic of conversation. And two, it's absolutely incredible. So that and the crossball are are two things for me that are in my backpack almost all the time.
1: I love that funny topic of conversation is the first. And the second (laughs) is that it's incredible. (laughs) Because that's that's literally the order
2: of how it happens every single time. Every single time. Yeah, I would say that, you know. It's it's, a wonderful icebreaker. It's probably the same two tools for me. You know, whether it's a lacrosse ball, it's a tennis ball, it's a baseball, um, you know, based on tolerance as well as, you know, the goal of what you're going for, uh, as well as I I do like percussion tools. I know they've gotten a lot of publicity lately. There's a lot of different tools out there, um, you know, whether it's Hyperice or Theragun. I know Brett mentioned in the first one that, that Theragun has been, you know, Significant impact on his his ability to care, you know, alongside on the sidelines of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, whether it's Jaku or Theragun or Hyperice or whatever other brand out there, I think a lot of them do exactly the same thing. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure there's different mechanics that one is different than the other, but again, I I like the benefit of the percussion gun uh, again in a very similar utilization of. Thirty seconds on a body part and move, not just pounding away on one spot. Because um, you can use, you know, those those percussion tools for both performance and, you know, preparatory and recovery.
0: I'm with you. I don't know that we need to say a whole heck of a lot on the percussion tools. I, you know, they're comfortable. People love them. They're obviously widely popular. Pick Hand your, saber. Pick, your <laughs> pick your favorite. Yeah. We as clinicians love them. We use them a lot here in the clinic. Uh, the patients of all kinds uh, really tend to gravitate towards them. Um, we push them in a lot of different directions. I guess if you have a question or want to know, ask your clinician what they like and what they want to use and you can go from there. Uh, to switch more forward, I'm a big fan of the big, the big stretch bands. Uh, those go easy. They pack easy. You know, um, It's hard to find something that is easy to use for multiple things, whether it's performance and or recovery. So a big rubber band or a big stretch band of all kinds. Um, the ones from Core Fitness uh, certainly love a lot. Uh, we're getting them more and more in our clinics uh, too as well. A shameless plug: You can go on their website, K O R Fitness, and grab a little uh, discount if you want to throw Fisher in the discount code. Uh, they'll hook you up. Those guys are awesome there. Um, how do you guys feel about Normatec boots and the, or the squeezer boots? Of, of the the popularity of gain in those things.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I I personally don't have any issue with them. You know, it's it's kind of one of those things. Is I've worked with some elite level athletes. If they feel that it's going to help them. I'm all for it as long as they don't have a contraindication, of course, of utilizing sure. those things. Yep. Um, but I think the Norma Tech boots, you know, for our endurance athletes, for somebody who had a really aggressive CNS workout can be very beneficial in, um, getting some passive recovery assistance, mm-hmm. but because it's relatively, it can be relatively soothing. I also think it helps with their ability to downregulate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I I am a big fan of NormaTech boots, or you know uh, another brand similar, right? Tech is probably the most well-known brand, but I'm a big fan of those. I think that they do wonders. Yeah. Um, you know, similar to like a game ready. I really like the yes. utilization of a game ready with, you know, the combination of cold and compression, and, and I would think the the evidence is fairly good out there to support those two things in combination.
0: I think it's I think it's cool because this is something that we literally took from lymphatic yep. physical therapy, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, I mean, no one talks about it. But right. growing up with a physical therapist that did lymphedema uh, and lymphatic training, these came out, and I'm like, this is just lymphedema. And now that you're controlling it in an athletic or performance-based environment, yeah, I'm with you. They're they're so cool. They're so fun to use. Uh, the challenges I find are they're expensive mm-hmm. yeah. and they are difficult to travel with Cumbersome. because you've got this whole already set up backpack, if you can put them all in a backpack, to do. Uh, so that becomes the challenge with that, and with people that are going to look into some of those things. There are differences uh, in different companies that are out there. Yeah. you know, Pick your favorite and you can find some. Some have abilities to throw cold in them too as well, so that's kind of a nice environment. We use them a lot for our clients. Uh, or we may not want to use cold. We mm-hmm. want to just add compression yeah. uh, to it, and so you can use them in you know 10-minute increments, which is kind of a nice idea. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I've found that I use a lot, that I like to travel with a lot, is this Firefly Recovery. Um, you guys may not know what that is. I'm not saying with it is. It's a really small, personal um, electrode device mm-hmm. that sticks to your upper calf, and it stimulates your uh, perineal nerve, and it allows a small low-level twitch that increases compression through the muscle that allows your body to recover. So it is a, if you want to put it this way, a poor man's Normatec boot because you're stimulating the process of muscle contraction, which is how we know venous return happens. It's actually clinically tested, used in the hospitals for DVT and whatnot, and this company took it and made it uh, for athletes. It is... The size of two three by five cards, as far as the carrying case, and you throw it in your bag, it lasts for 60 70 hours. It's absolutely incredible. I can't say enough about it. I'll show you guys if you want to see it. Uh, and I have a couple of them, and I travel with them wherever I go, especially if you're standing in a van. If you're traveling, you get this funny little foot twitch that people think you have a little tick or something like that, but it, it that's, that's the only thing that that's the problem with it. But it actually is kind of cool. And you sit with them for you know several hours, hard to sleep with them because you have a little muscle contraction going on. but it's pretty cool. Uh, and if you want to go on to the website and check them out, you can give another little Fisher discount code in there too as well. Uh, you get a little uh, something for that too. Uh, those guys do a wonderful job. That's an
1: awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's
2: great, especially because it's, it's, it's something that an athlete can or you know, somebody that's on the road traveling to aid in their recovery. Um, any other last things relative to tech or tool bag or things that you've read or studied that could be really quick tidbit nuggets for for our listeners out there?
0: For me, everything else that we talk about are are toys. Uh, I think if we talk about simplicity, which we've kind of made this the theme when you talk about breathing and sleep, how simple those things are, for me, exposure to hot or cold are the other two best things that you can do on the cheap. Without having to worry, are things more expensive? Can you find cool toys that have to do with that? Of course. But here in Arizona, getting outside for 10 or 15 minutes gets you some warm exposure. And it's not difficult to go buy 10 ice bags uh, at the local uh, market and throw them in a tub or or a trash can or something like that. Uh, And you don't need a lot of time to do those things. But like all of our systems in our body, it needs a little bit of challenge in order to get stronger which we know that just in simple scientific uh, factors. Our muscle system needs a little challenge. Our lymphatic system needs a little challenge. Our reproductive system needs a little challenge. Our nervous system needs a little challenge. Our immune system needs a little challenge in order to get strong. Our systems need challenges. Challenges come in the way, especially like this, in hot and in cold. Now, Minimizing the time that you're doing this. I'm not saying go outside for two hours uh, in the hot. That it's will done. not have a good result. <laughs> a, the same exposure for cold, one or two hours in the cold may not be the best thing. But one to five minutes of cold can have some serious implications on success in health. Same thing mm-hmm. with the hot exposure and the sun and the UV light and the the power that the sun brings to our systems. People take vitamin D all the time. You need a spark to actually convert that vitamin D that you're taking orally in order to actually make it viable in the system. Where did that spark come from? The sun. We need more sunlight to have that opportunity to have some success with everything that we're going to do.
1: Absolutely. I would say I personally am a fan of what you guys talked about last time, the breathing after I work out. I'm, I don't really do ice or heat or anything like that. For me, exercise is heat in itself active heat so if I want anything it's going to be a cold drink afterwards or you know some kind of ice if I would need it but most of the time I'm just trying to breathe through the nose hold it for a couple seconds and then slow exhale and that gets your parasympathetic system you can actually feel it start to calm you down immediately it's one of the things that I tell my patients to do. And they come in. It's kind of interesting. They come in looking for exercises, and one of the first things that I give them is breathing. So I oftentimes, <laughs> they're like, what is happening? Nice. So you have to go into the science behind it. This is really going to help downregulate your nervous system um, because of A, B, and C, whatever they're individually dealing with. But those are my, my two favorite.
2: Awesome. Thanks, guys. I think we covered some great information on part two of recovery with sleep and then tech for the tool bag. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please don't hesitate to email us at at therapistinmotionatschoonerpt.com.